Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Talk Live podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Roman, and if you'd like to watch the show live and interact with us in chat, you can find us at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter at Game Talk Live. Enjoy the show. Today on Game Talk Live, we discuss whether or not streaming sites like Twitch are leading to the death of the single-player experience and what it really takes to stand out as a streamer in this crowded space. Let's go live. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Mandy Roman, and welcome to Game Talk Live, where we discuss the biggest video game news of the day, live with help from our chat audience. Joining me now are two expert guests to discuss these gaming topics and more. First up is Kale. Kale is a host and producer and creator of more than 20 shows spanning movies, TV, and video games. Hi, Kale. Hey, Mandy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, returning to the Game Talk happy Live. Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. <laughs> Also joining us today is another familiar face, Malika, an award-winning game designer and creator of the Power Rangers tabletop RPG system. She also shares her passion for gaming of all types by live streaming at Hyper RPG. Hi, Malika. Hi. All right, guys, let's hop into today's first topic. Developers are concerned that streaming culture is killing the single-player experience. With replayability and streamability at the forefront of everyone's minds, the games-as-a-service mentality may be too enticing for single-player studios to ignore. So, are people watching single-player games hurting the sale of said title? Kale, start us off. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think so. I think we're at a point where, you know, there's an unlimited amount of time you can play a multiplayer game. And you can become the guy that plays a specific game. I play only Overwatch whenever I live stream with the obsession, uh, exception of Fallout. But as far as I'm concerned, I can play Overwatch till the end of time and live stream it. and People can just come hang out and make jokes. So I don't see any real reason to buy or, you know, stream single player games. I'll occasionally buy a single player game if, if there's enough hype around it. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, even my, I was getting a haircut the other day and my haircut guy was like, yeah, I don't even really buy single player games. I just watch my favorite streamer play it and then I don't buy it. So mm. yeah, I don't think it's looking so great. So Kayla, as someone that uh, is an active Fallout player, how do you feel about Fallout 76 coming out? I'm glad you asked that, Mandy. That's actually <laughs> going to be something I return to uh, several times in this uh, because what you had is one of the most successful single-player games of all time. Incredible fandom, T-shirts, toys, all kinds of stuff, and they felt the pressure to become multiplayer, and you know everyone's going to play that for ages, and you're going to watch different live streamers play it different ways. Um, you know, I'm one of the few that continuously plays it over and over and over again. It's in VR now, but yeah, I mean, I think you're going to be seeing more stuff like that if Fallout's buckling under it. Sure. So Malika, what's been your experience with this? Do you think that streaming is killing the single player experience? No, I totally disagree. All right. Tell us why. <laughs> well, first of all, I think in the indie scene, single A and double A games, the first game you usually dream up is a single player experience. And I think most of us game developers are inspired by single player uh, experiences. There's just something so personal like that happens between like you and your player avatar and like the screen. I don't know if you've ever been like sucked in. And I mean, God of War happens so like it's not like 
they're going to be going away. And um, there are games like Hatofu Boyfriend, the dating game where you date a pigeon. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that that's the example you bring you up to defend your point, Malika. <laughs> but it's like, I would have never heard about that game if I hadn't, like, it, it hadn't blown up on YouTube and Twitch. So I, I disagree. Uh, single player games aren't going anywhere and streaming them doesn't necessarily hurt them. Okay, so you brought up God of War. Now that's obviously a triple A title. Is it just, say, these triple A studios that can can push out these single player experiences because they have the backing of someone like Sony? Um, no, I've seen some uh, wonderful indies actually really take off. Uh, and um, But I, I would say that making a multiplayer game requires much more time and resources it takes way more balancing i mean you've seen all these huge blizzard games overwatch um heroes of the storm that are in like technical alpha like forever because it takes uh so much so i would say uh i think it's easier for a smaller studio to put out a well-crafted beautiful like one of my favorite uh games last year inside that won so many awards that was a single player experience and it wasn't a huge studio um but I think it is the bigger studios that we need the, that we need to make multiplayer games. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, uh, Kale, do you think uh, this could actually be more helpful than harmful to the overall success of a title? I mean, I, I'm thinking streaming could bring potentially new players to a certain IP by, you know, seeing someone play it on something like Twitch. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's. The only way I know of that you can hear about a, a, you know, like a single player one, I mean, any real game is by word of mouth. So if you make like a really good single player game, like I didn't even, I forgot God of War was coming out and then everybody told me about it. Um, and then I ended up, I ended up playing it. Ooh, look at that God of War footage. It just feels so good. Um, but, but the downside is that once I was done playing it, I, I was done. Like I'm not a completionist per se, like I'm going to get a hundred percent. But I was done, and I sent it to my friend who didn't want to necessarily buy it. So that's one less sale for a game. I don't get in trouble for doing that, right? No, it's my game. Um, <laughs> the so Sony police is going to be knocking on your door. <laughs> what was that? Okay, no. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think that, yeah, you can draw interest to it. But, I mean, there's still the ability that someone will sell it back to GameStop and get their, their money back, and then someone else will buy it used. So. Yeah. Single, like multiplayer games, like I can never bring Overwatch back or, you know, well, I guess you can't bring Fortnite back. Maybe you can't. I don't know. You'll figure out a way. So, I mean, beyond placing restrictions on content creators, I mean, we saw a little bit of, with this with the release of Persona 5 where they actually tried to stop people from sharing uh, streams and their playthroughs. I mean, how can single player games remain profitable over time in an era when you can easily, like we've been talking about, watch someone play the game? Malika? Well, um, I, first of all, I don't think it's bad to be done with a game. Like, I have movies that I love, and then I, I finish watching them at the theater, and then maybe I might see them again, and then that's it. And I, I have a whole group of gamer friends who won't even get involved with games that don't have an end because they're afraid of getting addicted to them. So I don't <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. Like I, I was ranting about, oh man, you remember those days when you used to play World of Warcraft and you would meet at the same time to go raid together. And he was like, yeah, I, uh, I never play those kinds of games because they just don't have any end. So I think like, um, and then this whole question of like 
how can single player games keep making more money? Maybe they're not supposed to. Just make a really, really good one, and then, like Kingdom Hearts, make another one. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once the next generation comes along. So okay, so uh, to, to you know to talk about this argument here, I mean, if you ask me personally, watching streamers and participating in their adventure is uh, more community, I'd say, building than rather than robbing a dev of a potential sale. I mean, most viewers I find. So, uh, Kale, I'll tell you, I'm playing through Fallout Four for the first time right now, and most people that are joining my stream have already played through the title. They've already given their money to Bethesda, but they like watching someone else play through something for the first time and have that first experience. I mean, people love to be experts and love to guide you and tell you how to play the certain game. I mean, Kale, do you, do you find this is the case too with something like Overwatch or with Fallout? I totally agree with you. Uh, you picked a fantastic game, again, because you mentioned Fallout, and every time you do it, I'm going to be on your side. Um, <laughs> but I think open-world games are kind of the best kind of single-player experience because everybody plays it differently. You can run into somebody at a party, if you do that, you can run into somebody at a party and have a conversation about Fallout, and you both had a completely different adventure. But it was your adventure, and it's a shared experience. You'll, you'll have people following you along on your live stream, tuning into every live stream because they want to be a part of the story. They don't want to miss anything. Whereas if they play a single player game like God of War, you know, they, they miss something and it's like they can play it themselves. But there's, there's a certain watchability to a, um, like an open world game like Saints Row or Fallout. I mean, not Saints Row. That's just wacky stuff. Um, but but yeah, entertaining. I, I, <laughs> Yes, very entertaining. Is it a lot? Can you live stream that? I mean, there's questionable stuff, but yeah. Yeah, but I think an open world game, like you said, is is probably the way to go. I find that easier because then I can also talk to my live stream. I can just kind of like pause for a second where if it's Overwatch and I'm being attacked by Symmetra, I can't stop. I can't be like, oh, that's funny. That's a funny thing about kittens or whatever. Yeah. So uh, is watching, say, multiplayer games and the opportunity for celebrity streams or those with other popular streamers more engaging and enticing for viewers? I think of all the success that Ninja is having currently, I mean, kicking it off with Drake and then playing with Marshmallow and other celebrities. I mean, Malika, what's been your experience here, especially with a huge network like Hyper RPG, where you have lots of different personalities coming oh, yeah. in? Celebrities. <laughs> hey, man, um, there's celebrities in our world. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, I have been so privileged to be able to GM a Power Rangers, Power Rangers tabletop RPG with former and current Power Rangers as like a Power Rangers fan. That's been a dream come true. And it there is an appeal like uh, Peter Sudarso, who is the Blue Ranger on TV right now. He'll play Legacy Wars at Hyper RPG every Friday. And there is definitely this appeal of being able to pick up your mobile phone and play the same game along with him and maybe even beat a real life Power Ranger. So there's definitely appeal of, uh, okay, it's a good game. I like the game. And a celebrity that I love is like, you know, playing with me right now. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, with Fallout 76, like we've talked about going multiplayer, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 removing their single player campaign altogether. And of course, the explosive growth of Fortnite Battle Royale. Are we moving toward a gaming environment, at least in the AAA space, that doesn't support single player? Kale? Oh, uh, 
No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I think that a lot of them are are some of them are fumbling with adding multiplayer. I remember when Bioshock Two came out, and they tried to add a multiplayer element to that. Uh, Darkness. I don't know if you played that series. They tried to add a multiplayer element. I think a lot of the times they kind of fail on that front, and they have a lot more control with the single single player issue. Um, but Call of Duty, it's like. People only play it for the multiplayer. There's like five people watching that are like, no, I like the you know, single player thing. It's like they only made the single player so that they can, they can make a trailer. But uh, yeah, I'm glad they're removing that. I, I've never played that. I don't think, I think I bought the last three Call of Duties and I didn't play the single player. I'm, I'm much worse at the single player for some reason. Yeah. Defend Burger Town. No, thanks. <laughs> Um, see, Garrett in chat says, after I'm done playing the game, I will watch the Twitch stream. So, yeah, something we've already covered here today. Definitely fans like to kind of relive that experience or see another streamer experience that stuff for the first time. So, Malika, do you think the temptation of revenue is just too much to pass up when it comes to DLCs and skins and boosts and other microtransactions from devs? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, you it's could so like sad. work really hard to make something and work really hard to make something that will make you money. Like, duh. I mean, it's so expensive to make games. Um, so many people work on them at the same time. And there's all these like studies by data, data analysis that can prove like, yeah, if you like break up your monetization, you'll make more money in the long run. So I, I don't know how you can fault people for doing that. That being said, also as a player, it's like, yeah, it feels really sucky to play to to have like DLC and feel like you're buying the same game twice just to get that extra 20% more stuff. So I hope that there's some kind of movement where there's more of an upfront cost. And then that way you can get like, you can feel like you're getting the full game and not like you're um, like a donkey with a carrot in front of it being like, I want more game. I want more game, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I did the, the DLC thing right was Fallout. Yeah, Take a drink that? every time I, I mention Fallout. <laughs> but yeah, adding like Mothership Zeta and like sometimes those are the better experiences. You, you know, you get the whole game and then you get the DLC. But it, like you said, it's got to feel like you're getting like a like a full on like extra experience for like $20 or whatever. But like it really just adds on to it. When you have a single player experience where it's like an RPG and you feel like you built up a character and lived the whole story and then they look over the ridge and they find a whole new world to explore. I think that's the way to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I want to you know, mention something that game production obviously is extremely expensive and games cost the same as they did say 20 years ago. So it's not like, you know, they, they've added, you know, the, how much a game should cost, you know, up until now and now the expectation for what games need to include and need to look like and the teams that build them is very expensive. So, you know, to play devil's advocate, I can totally understand the need or, you know, for DLCs and microtransactions and things like that because they got to recoup a lot of money uh, back. So um, uh, Quasi in chat says, I think it's uh, PUBG and Fortnite that makes other game makers want to emulate their success by making more multiplayer. So that's kind of interesting. I feel like that's a very recent um, anecdote, though, that it would be one genre that is encouraging so many devs to want to go multiplayer. Um, so real quickly, before we end on this, is this an issue of demographics? Um, are older or maturing gamers, those may be less likely to watch a streamer, you say more likely to favor a single player experience? 
Malika, what do you think? Uh, not necessarily, because as a very busy old person, um, I really like playing Dota 2 with my friends because it's a 45-ish minute commitment. I don't have time. I am a completionist, and I don't have time to like put 50 hours into the next Final Fantasy, even though I really, really want to. Like, I love Final Fantasy, and I didn't even play it till the end. So... Um, it could be the other way where actually these multiplayer games are uh, catching on with the older demographic because we don't have time to invest in these like long single player experiences. Gotcha. And now I can officially say I know someone that plays Dota 2 that lives in the US. <laughs> I'm very can excited. I, say I have a hard I have a hard disagree to that. Yes, please uh, tell us, Kale. I the, my experience with single-player games, most of my friends like to play those because they work all day. And they just want to come home, and they want to chill, and they want to have the experience all to themselves. And they don't want to hop on and have a 12-year-old, you know, beat them and then teabag them or whatever. So they go to that to de-stress, and then they'll do single-player games, I mean, multiplayer games, whenever they want to play with their friends. I think the younger age people like to play it uh, because they get to hang out with their friends, you know? Like, they can't always leave their house. But a lot of us older guys just want to come home and sit on the couch. Yep. <laughs> and just play God of War. I like how that keeps being the game, but yeah. yeah. That's fine. All right, let's yeah. move along into our second topic, guys. Website LonelyStreams.com is dedicating their services to highlighting Twitch streamers that have little to no viewership. With over 2 million unique monthly broadcasters on Twitch and dozens of other streaming platforms to choose from, attracting attention in the space has never been more difficult. So, what's the best way to get noticed in the vast sea that is Twitch? Malika, give us your tips and tricks. <laughs> um... Anybody know the answer to this question, please? Uh, tweet at me at hello underscore Malika. Um, I don't really have a good answer for this. I'm sorry. You're right. There are millions of people broadcasting on Twitch and other live streaming platforms. And there are yet, um, I think uh, 2014, it was 9.7 million hits to the front page of Twitch a day. So if you do the math... Everybody should get at least like three viewers, right? But yeah, it's it's very it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kale, do you do you have any advice uh, for people looking to either start streaming or just building out an audience that isn't just I feel like the basic like have a good webcam, have good audio, you know, make sure people can see you. Yeah, I mean, I wish that was all it took. That that way, you just <laughs> throw money at the problem. Um, but you know what? I've been I've been doing YouTube since the very first year that it came out, and it's basically the same hustle. Like, how do you get people to watch your YouTube videos? How do you get them to keep coming back to your YouTube videos? And again, there's no real answer. You know, brands have been trying to figure that out for ages. It's you kind of almost have to like pander, and even then, you're kind of lucky if you catch their eyes. You know, like it's like with Instagram. You want new followers? I guess try to hashtag what's popular. You just got to follow trends and, and still be entertaining. But it's like keeping that retention is also a big deal. So, yeah, nobody really knows. 
can we get Ninja on and see if he can like hook? <laughs> but even up someone like Ninja, it took him years to get where he True. is today. I mean, I mean, it was like a minimum of five years that he'd been trying to build out his own audience, and you know, Fortnite have just a lot of things I think coming together to have his explosive growth. So, um, speaking Dr. of respect as well, yeah. he's been at it for a long, long time. Yeah, um, I, when Twitch wasn't around, he was still hustling on YouTube, but. Yeah, I guess the gimmick worked out. I wish it was as easy as having like a cool gimmick or character, but it doesn't always work out. That doesn't out. always work out either. And yeah. I'm glad you brought up um, retention too, because you know Malika Hyper RPG's got a pretty dedicated uh, fan base. And how do you you know nurture and kind of you know continue to build and and you know appeal to all the current uh, viewers that you do have? Um, it's love a loaded and love and respect. <laughs> I know. Um, one thing I do want to say is I think it's so important to build a positive space on the internet and a positive community. HyperRPG might not be the number one channel on Twitch. We might not have the most views under a certain game category, but I'm very proud that we have worked for years now to build a positive space. And uh, that means people will come back over and over and over again. It doesn't mean we're just like a flash in the pan. Ooh, this is a celebrity that we have on camera. They people they come and they go but if we if we establish this positive space it can be a, a, a digital place where people can call uh they can call home and then also it's those are the type of viewers that are more likely to financially support your channel as well yeah uh, so we've seen a slew of new streaming platforms pop up in the last few months, including Facebook, Caffeine, Mixer. Is there appeal from either of you to switch over or explore these other platforms, or do you think Twitch will always reign supreme? Kale? You know, I think that's like a case with YouTube where we want it. We want there to be something else just to kind of balance the, you know, the the force. But I don't think so. Not for a long, long time. As long as people keep gravitating towards it and, you know, everyone feeling like they're building a home place. I, I don't think there really is yet a place that is going to offer the same thing. It's going to take like a juggernaut creating their own streaming platform. And like maybe it bakes into like a, you know, like a, <laughs> like NPC or something. I don't know. I don't know the answer to how something else could even come along. You're asking some real tricky questions I'm, today. I'm, I, I'm sorry, Kale. <laughs> 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 so, okay, so Malika, what do you think, what kind of, say, risks are there involved in switching to another platform or testing out a new platform, but maybe also what kind of rewards might there be? Oh, I, man, I have stories that are under, like, friend DAs, <laughs> but, uh, um, so HyperRPG has a fantastic relationship with Twitch. We love them. We're an official partner with them. Uh, I also recently organized a International Women's Day live stream for the front page of Mixer. So there, I mean, there are definitely different alternatives out there, and I think if you haven't really built out your community yet, consider other these other options and these other uh, platforms. Uh, Khalil, you mentioned like a juggernaut. I don't know. Mixer is owned by Microsoft. And it's Facebook, being yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's being pushed to the front page of Xbox. I mean, time will tell, you know, what if Twitch becomes the next MySpace? I don't know. It's a very exciting time. And like Facebook is also another giant. And I, I got to tell you, uh, I just IRL live streamed. We traveled to Japan. We traveled to Thailand. And people don't know what Twitch is over there in Asia. Some like hardcore gamers do, but a lot don't. Everybody around the world knows Facebook, knows Microsoft, knows Xbox. So we'll see. 
That's very interesting. Um, Kale, do you think there's room for all these different platforms? We talked a little bit how competition could possibly be good, um, but do you think maybe these other networks need to narrow their focus? So maybe Mixer is only indie titles or only IRL or things like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be great. And that way you can, like, because IRL people get lost in the whole, like, Twitch thing. The problem is that I think people want to build a brand and, like, a home base for their stuff. So if if I was going to do an IRL stream, I don't know that I would jump to somewhere else. All my people are going to follow, like, one thing. You know, like, people get used to habitually viewing things a specific way. And I don't think they're going to want to keep jumping to different apps. Um I am, unless there's some sort of like completely different thing, like what is it called? Stardust? Is that what it's called? What you guys that? know about that app? Stardust? So, what? It's called Stardust? Yeah, yeah, Stardust is an app where you go on there and you review movies. And you can like, so what'll happen is you go like, you're like, oh, Ant Man is coming out. And you can click it and see all kinds of people that are like doing like little reviews on their phone. And if you're an influencer, they throw you into like an influencer type program and you get brought to the top. Um, but you can also be found on that too. And then people can follow you. And every single time you do a review, you know, they'll see that. So I think it'll have to be a very, very, very specific thing. I think the IRL still kind of makes sense with the Twitch because it's just like on YouTube, <clears throat> you want to keep all your people in the same place. Makes but sense. Uh, yeah, if they come up with like niche little ideas like that, it might work, but I have a friend that also made an app where you respond to, so there'll be like a news story, like, oh, David Bowie died. And then it's a bunch of videos of people talking about that and sharing their feelings. And then you can also suggest a question. You can be like, oh, what do you think of dubstep? And then people can respond with little videos. But I mean, it didn't catch on, but it was super, it was a super great idea. So it, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. I think those ideas are out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Malika, you want to add? Yeah, real quick, I, I did bring up a good point. When you're comparing all these platforms, especially um, trying to choose which one is for you, um, look at the user base number and then the discoverability. So Twitch is enormous, but in comparison to YouTube, um, not only is it YouTube bigger, but it has much better discoverability on the platform. So the trouble mm. with Twitch is like, okay, everybody's streaming League of Legends or Dota 2 or Hearthstone and Overwatch. And then if if you're like down here and you have less than 30 people viewing you, nobody will find you because they'll never scroll to the bottom of the page. However, on YouTube, when you're just making videos, uh, your video could maybe possibly, if it plays the algorithm right, be suggested after somebody watches a video that's related to yours. So uh, when you're evaluating all these platforms, make sure you check out the discoverability as well. That's a great point. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and to even get people to watch your stream, you gotta do some wild like you remember that guy that said gucci gang a thousand times no no you gotta draw attention to yourself like that you don't know don't take that advice everyone watching don't (laughs) just yell gucci gang for like 24 hours you gotta try and get attention somehow uh all right so james in chat says (laughs) in my personal experience mixer has been nothing but pleasant and the people involved with it are damn dedicated to helping to build up their streamers my dealings with twitch have been colorful to say, let's say. (laughs) So, um, you know, they do bleed purple. (laughs) 
which is my favorite color, but uh, that's here nor there. Um, okay, so, you know, Kayla, you talked about a little bit about uh, segmenting more in, in terms of these platforms and maybe getting more specific. And that's what I feel the talk shows, I mean, we are a talk show on Twitch, and I feel like that's something that Twitch really needs is that they need to get a little bit more narrow with some of the categories. So is there a feature you guys feel is missing from, from Twitch as a platform, Malika? Yes. <laughs> a tabletop RPG category. That seems like a no-brainer. I mean, there isn't one? No. So everybody who plays tabletop RPGs on Twitch, which has become a huge thing now, always streams under the gaming category of D&D. I created oh an original tabletop RPG, but we still stream under the category of D&D. And we've talked to Twitch about this, and that's what they said. Otherwise, we'd be, like, breaking their, like, rules because we're not streaming the right game under the right category. So, yeah. Oh, we've been asking that for years. Now, right, why Kale. don't you create what – do you think that would make sense for its own specific, like, streaming service or, like, just tabletop games? Or do you like existing in the whole Twitch space? No, I love Twitch. Um, I think seeing the, I mean, because like I grew up playing World of Warcraft and then learning to play D&D, it was like the same thing, but on pen and paper. So I like that it's in the same ecosystem. I, we just really need a tabletop RPG category. Um, it doesn't make sense to make a different category for each tabletop system because nobody would be looking for them. And they're, I think they're too similar. But if there was a tabletop RPG category, Malika would be a very happy lady. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked totally that that doesn't that exist. <laughs> I know. How does that not exist? Uh, at Twitch, please. <laughs> Twitch, listen to us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You're watching so, Mr. So, Twitch or Mrs. Twitch. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Twitch, please help <laughs> us. Okay. So, you know, that's, that's, we've given a little bit of thoughts on what, as a creator on Twitch, what would be helpful. But what do you think the best thing on, tw or excuse me, what do you think the best thing Twitch is doing for their viewers? Kale? God, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like... Okay, so here, I'll throw you a bone a little bit. Uh, yeah, we had, a a you know, the partnership with Amazon. So you get your free Amazon Prime, you know, Twitch Prime subscription. So that's a bonus, say, for viewers on Twitch. And I think about someone like Ninja and getting all those Amazon or the Twitch Prime subscriptions, and then they get their bonuses for Fortnite. Do you think there's other features that are really beneficial for the viewer? I don't. I, you know, I haven't really seen any that are like crazy beneficial. I think they don't really have to try, but I mean, I haven't really experienced any. Uh, Malika, what do you think? Um, there could be improvements. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, 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 all right. So, what would be one of those improvements? Um, better search function. Oh yeah. There is so much live content. But there's so much video on demand, and a lot of that is locked behind subscriber wall. If there's a better way to search these, like, trending viral clips that happen on Twitch, I mean, I think they would even get more subscribers and people paying for that to, to watch that content. But it's, like, so hard to find right now. It's like, what what are you doing? And then it's um, also their VOD system is kind of laggy, so it's, it like, buffers, and I, I don't know what's going on. But I'm, I, I like Twitch. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've been here for a long time. Magalo in chat says, best thing Twitch does for viewers, the ability to earn bits for watching ads, like it allows anyone to still contribute to their favorite content creators. So it's giving them an opportunity without actually opening their wallets to stay 
still support their favorite Twitch streamers. All right, guys, I know we could talk even further about uh, Twitch and streaming, but we are out of time. This has been a great discussion. Huge thank you to our viewers and our guests for being here. Tell us what you're currently working on and where people can find you on social media, starting with Kale. Hey everyone, I'm Kale. You can find me on all my social medias at Kale Anonymous. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at Powerful Stream. Uh, I've been right now. I'm playing Fallout VR, Fallout 4 VR, which you would love, Mandy. No, it's, it's too scary. Too scary. Oh my god, it's so terrifying. There's like bugs fly at you, and you like duck. I was curled up on the floor. It's a hard like, pass from Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can check that out. I also work with Fandango and Rotten Tomatoes right now. So if you go check that out, you'll probably find me there. Um, but thank you very much. Thank you. All right, Malika, what do you currently have going on and where can people find you? Um, I'm working on this awesome thing. It's called a micro amusement park and it's opening in downtown LA later this year. It's at two bit circus. So follow them on social media. You can also follow me at hello underscore Malika and please tune in at uh, hyper RPG. We're working on some awesome new shows, including a very funzy, uh, Warhammer 40 K, uh, regular tabletop show. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Game Talk Live. If you like what you hear, give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Game Talk Live. Mandy Roman, signing off.